Southeast Iowa Today with John Bain is brought to you by these great sponsors. Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa. No matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded, just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. McDonald Boneyard in Kyoto, Iowa, for all of your auto and farm machinery recycling needs. Hinshaw Trailer Sales in Richland, Iowa. They've got a trailer for whatever you need one for, and they fix what they sell and don't in their full-time repair shop. Girling Repair in Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. B&B Propane and the family of Jet Stops located in Burlington, Salem Stub, New London, West Point, Denmark, Hufton, Bonaparte, Milton, Fairfield, and Birmingham present Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. On today's episode, I take you to the world of Iowa harness racing in Watcheer, Iowa. It all happened on September 2nd. 2023. They're a great bunch of people and they gave me all access, which means you get it too. Mark, welcome to Southeast Iowa today. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you for taking some time to introduce myself and the viewers of Southeast Iowa today to harness racing. And we are here at the Keokuk County Fairgrounds in Wachier. And first of all, give me a little bit of your background. Uh, grew up, as far as harness racing goes, grew up in it. I think I was 10 or 11 when my dad started harness racing. Uh, we had a neighbor that lived a mile north and two miles west uh, named John Nessa, who was in harness racing since he was a kid. And my dad ended up getting roped into it. And then by proxy, I ended up getting roped into it. And when I came home from the Marine Corps, I've basically been doing it ever since I got home. Uh, it's so 2000 I moved home so 22 23 years now I've been involved in some way shape or form all but a couple of those years well first of all thank you for your service to our country oh I, I really mean that that's a that's a major um, sacrifice and a major commitment sure so thank you for that and then when you say you've gotten involved what all does that entail as far as harness racing goes that's ah, an excellent question everyone's involved at different levels some people own horses uh, and that's the extent of what they want to do. They want to pay someone else to train them, pay someone else to drive them, and just enjoy having them. Uh, other people train their own horses. For the most part, the people who own horses in Iowa train their own horses. Uh, and some people go further. You know, I shoe my own horses. I train my own horses. I drive my own horses. When I was in, I, I've been out for the last year. But I, I pretty much do everything but dentistry. Well, uh, over the years, you teach yourself how to do more and more things to save money. Really. And that is something, dentistry is something it would need to be addressed too. Yeah, these horses have to be looked at at least once a year, better twice a year, to keep their teeth healthy, which keeps their entire body healthy. Plus, we steer them by the mouth. So if their teeth are sharp or jagged, or if they're worn unevenly, it can cause issues with steering and control. So. Uh, yeah, every little piece of a horse has to be taken care of when it's a race. Yeah. Now, so that I uh, say this properly, you had said that you drove. Now, is a harness racer, it's not, are you called a jockey? No, I'm no. called a driver. Okay, a because driver. We sit in the seat behind them and, and steer with the two lines 
uh, a la like an Amish buggy, right? Uh, you know, something like that. So we yeah. race with a cart with two, essentially ten-speed wheels, twenty-nine-inch wheels, uh, and sit a very short distance behind a horse and steer them like that. Now I was looking when I first got here, and these carts—they're they're basically it's like one seat, and you're pretty much out there with that horse. Yeah, being dragged on wheels, it basically, it's a... Yeah, by a thousand pound animal, that's 50% controllable, yeah. depending on how you train them and how you want yours. I always had mine uh, a little aggressive for the most part, because uh -huh. that's the way you want to race horse. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, and the carts that we see in the morning uh -huh. are much longer. And I want to get uh, a yeah, zoom in on that cart. There that's, called, that's called a jog cart, and those are much longer. The, the race bike or the sulky that we use uh, sits probably three feet behind the horse's tail. Okay. So much closer than that. That's now, probably five feet. Now, how fast do uh, you guys get going with these horses? That horse is probably going, it looks like uh, 13, 14 miles an hour, just jogging nice and relaxed, probably races tomorrow. Okay. The horses in a race, uh, you know, a two-minute mile is 30 miles an hour, but at the at the start and the end, they're usually going a little faster than that. So they probably get going about 35 out here. Wow. Uh, 34, 35 is top speed, and then at the big tracks, of course, they can go a little faster than that. Yeah. Uh huh. A beautiful horse. There. So, how many uh, horses are in? drivers are out there at a time in a race we the board has made some changes over the years it used to be up to nine then it was eight now it's seven so any field that has more than seven horses in it they split uh to make two fields so there will only be seven at a time five can start on the starting car on the starting car and then two would be in the back tier and those two horses kind of can communicate to each other and shift around as they feel it's safe or necessary to make sure that nothing bad happens. So when they line up with the seven, is it like three in the front, four in the back? No, nope, it's always five on the front. Oh. Always five on the car. The, the starting car will have five spots and the way for it to be the most even, say there's only five horses in the race, that way they all get to start on the car, even start. Of course, the inside horse has something of an advantage because we're on a track that only turns left. Yeah. So the outside horse has to go faster and further to get to the front off that starting car. But try to keep it as, as uh, neutral as it can be. And then the six horse and the seven horse start right behind them. And I mean immediately behind them if the driver so chooses. Now how are, they, how are their positions selected beforehand? There's a, there's a draw. So if you have, say, a two-year-old pacing filly, you would enter into the two-year-old pacing filly. And let's say there's 20 of them, uh, then they would have two fields of seven and a field of six. They would split those up. If there are common owners, say one person owns three horses, those horses wouldn't have to race each other, so they'd be separated into the three divisions. Okay. And then the draw for the race itself is completely random. Oh. Uh, there's actually an electronic way to do it through the United States Trotting Association website where all they have to do is enter the names and then hit draw and it will randomly select post positions. So try to keep it as unbiased as possible. Gotcha. And it's all luck of the draw. Wow. Now, I understand there's some big purses today on these races. I've heard um, th as much as maybe $12,000. Yeah, 
yeah, per, per I, race. I think today the two-year-olds haven't rained out. I don't think so. They're around 7,000. Okay. So they haven't rained out in a while. But the three-year-olds rained out two times, two weeks in a row, and just raced last week. And I think tomorrow they'll be going for like 10,111. Wow. I honestly haven't looked at the program. Okay. That's a lot, a lot of, a lot of race, dollars. Yeah. Now, do a lot. Do the stands fill up for these events? Amazingly, no. It's yeah. it's kind of an older sport. Uh, the longer you get from people who had to use horses for work, right? Uh, those people still come out. The the older generation, the young kids, for the most part, don't like this unless they grow up in it. Gotcha. Well, for for you younger kids that may be uh, thinking about your your hot car with the uh, horsepower. Well, this is the real horsepower right here. So you can really understand when you compare horsepower to uh, engine horsepower and how that's measured. Um, I mean, it's worth coming here to see. Well, I can tell you, I have been pretty lucky in my life. I've had ra literal race bikes, thousand cc super bikes, uh, Harleys, fast cars. Uh, had work done to pickups to make them fast. Nothing feels like a, a fast horse, especially if it's a horse that is uh, determined and a little out of control, just maybe a little on the edgy side, mm -hmm. and you know how fast they are and how bad they want to go fast. Nothing feels like that. Wow. And, you know, and it's really, it's uh, such a long, it has a longevity to it, the history of harness racing and horse racing and and the horse in general that helped form the United States. Absolutely, and you know, this sport used to be huge, and now it's just, it's still big in parts of the country. Uh, Iowa, it's relatively big. We have an Amish community. Right. Pennsylvania, it's even bigger. They have an Amish community. Uh, New York, same. Uh, New Jersey, I, I actually think there are some Amish communities in New Jersey, but it's that's a small state with a lot of people so right. it's not a ton of agriculture there but yes it's uh harness racing used to be a huge deal it was the nascar of the time in the early 1900s so over time it's gotten less popular but there's still enough money in it and enough interest in it that people want to do it if they if they grew up in it now someone that races here this weekend and watch here i'm making the assumption that they would go to other tracks circuits around the state or do they just stay here it's it's all one circuit here in iowa okay. uh, the iowa harness horse association there are the bulk of the races are divided between here and a track in humboldt iowa okay we have uh over the years through the prairie meadows money that we get that's legislated spent a bunch of money to fix up those two tracks specifically for horse racing only okay and then we also race at a bunch of places that have car races or you know, like the Great Jones County Fair in Monticello, uh, the Southern Iowa Fair in Oskaloosa. Um, I don't remember what the name of the fairgrounds is in Eldon, which is crazy because I lived there when I was a kid. But we <laughs> race a couple times a year in Eldon. Okay. Uh, a lot of stuff in Southern Iowa, actually. Okay. When I was a kid, and I grew up in the Quad Cities area, and the big place was the Quad City Downs in East Moline. Yes. I mean, that was a that was like a mini Chicago track, I yeah, would describe it. Through the it. 80s, it was crazy popular back then in, yeah. in Quad City. Did you have uh, experience there? I did, but I was a young guy. Uh -huh. So by the time I was high school age, Quad Cities was on the decline. But I had a couple horses that were there. I actually had one race there, and, and uh, a guy from southern Iowa named Gary Phillips bought it and took it to his place. But 
I was living in Southern Illinois at the time and we made quite a trip to go up and race her there to try her there and she wasn't good enough for that track. Either. Wow. You know, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Now, before we got on camera, you and I were talking and you've got an interesting career. You want to share that with, with the audience? I don't know how interesting it is. The older I get, the less interesting it is. I'm an emergency room physician assistant uh, in critical access hospitals. So I do 24 hour shifts um, and I'm about to, in a couple months, I'm going to start a job that actually does 36 hour shifts. Wow. And uh, yeah, you work in a small town in the emergency room and that's it. You're the guy or the gal, depending on what sex you are. Uh -huh. So they come in, whatever it is, you treat it. And if it needs to stay in your hospital, it does. And if it needs to go to a higher level of care, then it does. And if you can treat it and send it home, then that's what you do. So. And you told me today that uh, um, once you're involved in this sport, you're always involved in this sport. Well, it's that's a funny story, too, because I actually retired from horse racing last year. I was 49, getting ready to turn 50, so I'm 50 now. And I thought I didn't want to be working that hard. I was shooing too many and, and driving too much as far as miles in my vehicle. And uh, I didn't think it was worth it anymore. So I got out, sold out. My sister and my nephews bought most of my stuff. I sold my horses. And I was out for 11 months, 10 and a half months. And now I'm back to help out a friend of mine uh, with a couple of her horses. So I just happened to show up today and Royal couldn't be here because he got a colt caught in a fence. So here I am doing a podcast on a day I wasn't even supposed to be racing because I'm supposed to be retired. So. It, it, he's it's, back you, you can't get out <laughs> you can't it get sticks it. with you forever yeah. it's in your blood isn't it? it it gets that way that's the saying yeah it gets yeah. in your blood and you can't get it out that's awesome well um just kind of wrap up our conversation uh as i'm i'm going to be here for quite a while today and, and going to get some of that racing what can i expect to see well usually there is some intensity some emotion and horses that are for the most part cooperative and eager and sometimes a little uncooperative. So you gotta kinda keep your head on a swivel. Some of these horses are young and they haven't perfected everything as far as the little things, coming out of the barn, turning around on the track. You know, you see weird things sometimes, uh, but for the most part, you're gonna see a bunch of eager, cooperative horses who do their best, and the drivers try to put them in position to do their best, and the emotion comes into play when Maybe one driver's trying to do one thing and another is trying to do another thing and they, they're not cohesive. And then you, you have a little bit of friction, kind of like car racing. Yeah. So you see a lot of different levels of uh, intensity, I guess you would say. From the horse to the driver to the trainer and even the people that sit in the stands, there won't be a ton of them, but they'll pick their horse and they will cheer for it. Uh, vigorously and they'll be happy if it wins and upset if it loses well I've heard that uh, the very first car race was when the second car was built yeah and that, I, that, would be, <laughs> that would be accurate and I'm sure the very first horse race was when the the second horse came along yep there was probably someone who was headed to the field and someone else was headed to a field in a similar direction and that was probably the first horse race ever well, Mark, thank you so much for giving us a little education and introducing some of our uh, audience to harness racing, some that will watch us and already know. But thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to checking out more this, throughout this day. Absolutely. Have fun. Corey, thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Now, you're an interesting guy. You, you have a career. Not only are you a, a driver, an owner, and a trainer of these fine animals these horses you also 
have another career. Yeah, so then my uh, full-time job or my actual job would be shoeing horses. I'm a farrier. So then I uh, shoe horses for some people that we race with and other race horses. And then all the way to your show horses, to barrel horses, and then all the way down to pasture pets, mini ponies and donkeys that people want to make look good. <laughs> wow. Now, when you were a kid, how did you decide, this is what I want to do when I grow up? So actually, the year I was born was the first year that my dad started racing horses. And my dad is a second generation farrier. Okay. Horses. So then I grew up doing this, grew up going in the truck with him. We didn't go to daycare. It was go with dad and sit in the truck and follow him around. That's the best daycare that could be. <laughs> exactly. So that it was just ingrained in me, and I, was, I love it, and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Wow. And where, where are you from? Uh, so originally, I grew up by Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. And then uh, went to college at Iowa State, met my wife, and then we now have a farm in Marshalltown, Iowa. Wow. In from. some ways, you're a real-life pioneer. Yeah, kind of. It's like we're starting over at a new place. But some of that was is the, the breeding program. They got the horses have to foal in Iowa, so we wanted a farm in Iowa. I'll be darned. And then uh, Marshalltown's about halfway between most of the tracks that we race at, and we found ourselves a good farm, and that's where we decided to live. Now, who is this fine uh, horse right this here? This is one of our two-year-old fillies. Her name is Mark Rain. She's uh, did pretty good this year. She seems to get consistent checks in the A, and that's what we hope for. Now, explain to uh, some of us folks that don't understand what you just said. Uh, so we have different divisions. We have A division and a B division that you can race in. And okay. You pick where you want to go. Obviously, the A are better horses. The B are the not-so-better horses. And so she's an A. Yeah, and then we pay out first through fifth, and it's on a percentage basis. And then so as long as you keep getting checks, you keep making money every week. All right. <laughs> so how do you make sure she stays in that bracket? Uh, I mean, without, you know, telling your secrets, of but, course. I mean, I don't know if there is much secret. I mean, uh, most horses either have talent, and it's just about not ruining them. Make sure they don't go sore, they don't get lame, they don't have a bad attitude, keeping them healthy, and just helping them reach their potential. Well, how do you um, figure out or how do you develop that talent? Uh, it takes a lot of years of experience and learning from other people, listening to the older generation tell you what to look for. You mean you actually listen to old people? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> you have to. Uh, sometimes you make a combination of it, and then, you know, the new ways you try and change some things. But sometimes going back to the old ways works just as good. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, what, what do you find, besides the fact that it's just a beautiful animal to be with, what draws you to stay in the, into racing? Um, the biggest draw is the adrenaline rush that you get. So when you're out there racing, doesn't matter if you're up, racing to win, that's always the best. But if you're just in a close race and you're like, I don't know who got to the wire first, but we were all right there. And it's uh -huh. that adrenaline rush. And then like here in Iowa, these three are actually all foals that we raised. So they were all born at our farm. Wow. And then to watch them go from knowing nothing to being a racehorse is very satisfying. No, so it's, I mean. it's all about the adrenaline and the satisfaction that keeps you going forward. Now, you said you're married. Yep. Does your wife uh, participate in the yep. business? My wife helps in jogs and stuff at home. And uh, she used to help in the barn a lot more, but now we got a little one and a half year old daughter. So okay. that's kind of changed our dynamic a little bit. She takes a lot, but our daughter comes out to the barn and runs around and plays and she enjoys it. They'll be here in another hour or so to come to the races. So that's uh, possible third generation. Yeah, uh, there's a possibility. Yeah. That sure be nice. That would be. <laughs> By that time, 
You'll be an old guy. Yeah, I'll be old. Right? And she'll have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if she's gonna listen much. Right, right. right. Oh, well, so today, um, will you personally, you'll be driving all, all three of these yep. horses. Yep. So how many, how many races will they participate in today? Uh, each horse participates in one race per day. Okay. That's the way uh, we're set up in today's. You know, uh, 20, 20 years ago, they used to race two races a day. Okay. But now there's getting to be enough horses and uh, the demand and the stress that it puts on them, we usually just race them once a day and they usually race once a week. Okay. You know, like next weekend, we come back to watch your next weekend to race again and just kind of once a week racing. And, okay. Now, I heard there's going to be a big purses today that this is like a, or this weekend, like it's a, because we're in Labor Day weekend. Is there um, something to do with that or how did it add up that way? Is it because other races didn't happen? Um, kind of. There's So we have uh, what we're racing today is called the Iowa Registered series division and that we allocate so much money for so the purse money today is seven thousand dollars a race and then we have other races that we hold we call them overnight races and they're a thousand dollar purse money okay but now like tomorrow they're going to race for almost 10 grand because they had two rainouts. gotcha so then the money gets carried forward and the purse will be almost ten thousand okay. that's a lot of money <laughs> it can be if you win it's yeah. a good paycheck <laughs> yeah it is and of course it's a lot of money to take care of these horses yes. and, and do everything yes. so the the cost to take care of them adds up and that's always kind of fixed slash variable but but it you just hope in the end you pay all your bills and make a little money and it's a fun hobby there you that's go some, if you go fishing you just lose money but that's true <laughs> that's true and lures yeah, <laughs> now um do you have any rivalries um yes and no uh there's generally people that you're like hey me and him are buddies and then there's other people you're like it doesn't matter we just want to beat them yeah <laughs> and they feel the same way about they you feel the same way about me they're like yeah it doesn't matter we just want to beat them and it might be going for fifth versus sixth but it's like doesn't matter my horse beats yours there you go <laughs> and then i got a question does that um competition carry on into other forms like okay uh this didn't go the way i wanted on the track but i'm gonna get my trailer out first off the um, fairgrounds or or i'm gonna get in line first or i'm gonna do this does that ever happen? No, not not terrible, unless people are really mad at each other. Generally, for the most part, around here, it's pretty good. On the track is on the track, and off the track, everybody's pretty cordial and talks to each other, and it, it's all fine. That's cool. Well, yeah. I am looking forward to uh, to this today. Good. When I was first told about it, I'm like, yeah, i got to be here. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good time, and I think it costs 5 bucks to get into the grandstands, and you get a program, pick a winner, and a pick 10. If you can pick all 10, you get 1500 bucks. Wow. And then here here they do a they call it a progressive pick ten. So then however many horses you pick right for the day, they add that up and then they keep doing that every time we come and then at the end of the year they pay out the money too. Awesome. So that works good for the people who want to come and watch it. Yeah, it does. Well that that sounds like fun. Thank you so much for getting me uh acclimated to to the sport and to for our audience as well. Yeah. And I wish you all the best today. Thank you much. It's good for having me. Dwayne, thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Hi, John. Hey, I really appreciate the access you're giving me and my audience today This to harness racing here and watch here. Uh, this is incredible. Uh, you've got a couple of uh, your horses right here. Yep. And um, So this one's name is Gandalf. He's a two-year-old gelding pacer. He's, uh, he's raced about 10 times. He's had two wins in eight seconds. So he's a pretty good horse. Yeah. He's the one about... 
$15,000 so far this summer. We have three more races yet this year. Um, so he, he could earn a maximum of about another 7500 if he won all three of those. Wow. Our purses are uh, 7000 and they pay out 45, 25, 15, 10, and 5 in the percentages. Gotcha. So, uh, so he, he's he, kind he's of a special. Pretty, yeah. yeah. And he's a beautiful horse. Yeah. So standard breads predominantly are uh, bay or brown color with maybe white back ankles and a little star. So he's pretty abnormal that okay. he's a roan color. Okay. You maybe find 1% uh, of our standard breads would be this color. Wow. Handsome. So I want to show over here to okay. show that uh, these horses are more of the uh, color you would normally see then, right? So we have Recording Angel. She is a two-year-old filly trotter. Uh, Finn Shui Prosperity. She's a two-year-old filly pacer. And the other one's name is Mark Fox, and she's a two-year-old filly pacer also. Beautiful animals. So how long have you been doing this? Um, so I jogged my first horse when I was seven. Uh, I was born in 1967, so that'd be what, about 1974, 75. Yeah. I jogged my first horse. Okay. Um, started racing when I turned 16. Um, raced professionally for a few years from about... 16 to 22 and then i had to make a decision like do i really want to move to chicago or new york or gotcha. do i want to stay at home and i was like yeah i really don't want to go i'll stay here and so then at that I point think you made the right choice yeah all because of all the things that have happened in life since then uh-huh um so we cut back on our horses at that time and my dad already had about 750 acres of crop ground that he rented out and so he's like, if you want to start farming, farm. So I taught myself, and since then we've bought about another 800 acres. Wow. That uh, So right now we're about 1,500 row crop, which uh, we used to plant in the spring, you know, and harvest in the fall when we're done racing here. Our racing season in Iowa runs from about the last week in May through the end of September. Okay. So it works out fairly well. Yeah, everything falls in place. And then uh, we have also about 25 broodmares and five stallions and so we breed and foal and raise all of our own horses that we race wow and then we'll race them uh when they're two and three years old and we sell them at the end of their three-year-old year and typically the better ones that i would say are valued somewhere between 10 and fifty thousand go to either ohio New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, where they race year-round. Okay. And there are people that do it for a living, and they're always looking for new horses. The horses peak um, performance-wise, say, four, five, six years old. So you get three really good years out of them. Okay. And then they kind of uh, lose their step, so to speak. Gotcha. And so depending on the level that you want to race at, and the purse money is different in different racetracks, the... Uh, the top level people are always looking to buy a new new stock gotcha. to make more money. And then their stock rolls downhill to the next person that's maybe at a B-level track. Gotcha. The time that it takes to do this, I mean, you've got to be focused all the time. I mean, between your, your farming and, and this, the horse side of things, people that look at people that are successful – good successful people make it look easy from afar <laughs> and the bottom line is there's a heck of a lot of work and drive and determination that goes into it tell us about that so 
since harness racing is my passion and I can't get enough of it. I, people have addictions of golf, all the different kinds of sports, whatever they want to get into. Mm -hmm. My family is horse racing. Racing standard bred horses at the county fairs in Iowa is like, that's what we do. My brother races, my nephew, uh, they both live here in Iowa. I have a nephew that does it professionally that travels between California and Minnesota. I have a niece that lives in Ohio. Her and her husband do it professionally and they race in Ohio. Um, it's like, that's our identity. Right. And uh, it's who you are. That's who we are. Right. Um, the farm in Grinnell, where we live, has had horses on it since 1969. Wow. And everyone knows that's the horse farm. That we have our own half mile track that we get prepare the horses on. We have the training center that has 32 stalls. Then we have the foaling center that has eight more stalls. And then we have about 160 acres of pasture that's subdivided several times into different pastures and lots. And then there's another uh, barn up there that when the foals are born at our house, then when they're about a week old, they go up to the, the Fleener farm. And that's where they stay and there's pastures. And then we breed up there and stuff like that. Now, how many people does it take to do all this? Typically, the most we've ever had was eight employees. Okay. And right now we're doing it with four, which is a lot more work than I want. Yeah. Um, when we had all those people working for us, we were racing between 26 and 30 horses. But we put that many in training. And when we would go to the races, we'd race 12 on Saturday, go home, fill the trailers, and go back on Sunday and race 12 more. Wow. Wow. And we'd show up with like six people, and it's like an army of people yeah. to race that many horses. Now, so this year we cut back to twelve <laughs> because we just don't have enough people to, right. to operate at that size. Now, if someone is watching right now, and they know a, a individual, younger individual that might be interested in mm -hmm. something like this, is there? Is that something you would? be open to have them reach out to you on or is that something that yeah i can advise people um but what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you if they wanted to um well in your area would be uh corwin hinshaw okay Hins he, his family raced horses forever and, and he's at hinshaw trailer sales in richland iowa and he's like you need a, a number for a roll and just call me up there you go so that's uh, there you are folks if you're listening and you want to maybe someday work with Magnificent animals like this, there's the way to do it. There we go. All right. What um, What would you want our audience to know that I haven't asked yet because I'm not smart enough to ask <laughs> that we should share with them? Um, if you can get into racing horses and driving them and you get the opportunity and you are close to um, someone that already does it that can mentor you, it's possible to actually buy in and you can do everything yourself, but you really need someone to kind of teach you or mentor you. There's a, a guy from Moringo that's 45 that bought his first horse two years ago. Huh. Okay, so he paid like five grand for the horse. He bought it at the Kelowna sale. Okay. Last year, the horse was the best horse in its class and it made like $45,000. Wow. And he had a another, he jogged it, trained it some, but then he gave it to a more professional person because it was such a good horse. Okay. And now this year, he got his license to drive. He's, he did all the training himself. And 
he has a successful horse and he's doing well. And he said, he told me, doing it all himself and winning that race by himself is way better than just owning the horse that was good. Yeah. Because it was like, it's all me. And once you get out there on the race, and you'll see later today, you get behind the starting gate, and when they come to the start, you're doing about 35 miles an hour, the wheels are like two inches apart, and everybody's like trying to figure out, how am I gonna race this race? And the best way, so you're playing chess with six other people, all driving a thousand pound animal going 30 miles an hour for roughly two minutes and five to two minutes and 10 seconds. Wow. And if you can beat that other guy, it's like the biggest rush. Oh, I bet so. Now, I talked to uh, Corey a little while ago, and mm -hmm. he said even the horses are into it. Oh, yeah. They, they want to win. They want to win. Yeah. And they're just like, so you'll see, we'll be, there'll be a bit, lot of action in the first turn, and then the horses will kind of line up, and then they'll come to the half, and somebody's going to pull out, and there'll be people following them, and it's all in the strategy thing on how can we win or beat the other guy. Wow. And, and when you pull on the right line to go, those horses are like, it's time to go. I can't wait. That's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I got to ask you, we talked a little bit um, before you got on camera, and we talked about the Amish community in southeast Iowa. And obviously their need and use and um, desire uh, to have horses. Mm -hmm. Can you tell so, a little bit? So they're the Amish. So we, our horses are trotters and pacers and obviously not all of them are good enough to race and so um that would be our market to d dispose of a horse and it still has some value to someone else to drive it now there's a misconception that they don't pay a lot but they do so like a younger horse that doesn't have a lot of work it's just not fast enough you're looking at probably two to six thousand okay. for that horse then say it's a black gelding with white legs and it's big um, you're looking at like fifteen to 20,000. And then if it uh, has a lot of action in front, there's very specific things that uh, Amish guys like with their horses. It's just like buying a car. Yeah. And the nicer the horse, the more color, uh, the better gait. It's just like chrome wheels on your car, and they'll pay more. And, and they breed. Um, there's been stallions that Amish people have bought for a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars to breed mares wow. to get a specific gait. It's really important to them the way the horses stride out. So those guys, they they they're pretty particular. It's kind of kind of ironic for people that don't want to be too flashy. Their horses are kind of flashy. That's, yeah, their horses are flashy. Yeah, and, and they want them to go fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's one thing I learned more and more with the Amish community. Uh, those folks aren't much different than most of the folks they, that are watching this podcast. They are not. We right. call the, the, the Amish there around Kelowna the Beverly Hills Amish. Because, uh, you know, they got phones. Yeah. They got cell phones. They're texting. They're doing it. And now there's some that, you know, they all have their own rules. Right. Right? Right. And some of them are like, well, you can only use your cell phone for business or you can't carry it on you. But... You know, everybody bends the rules a little bit. Right. right. <laughs> well, this is fascinating, Dwayne. Um, thank you so much for your time. I wish you all the best out there on the track today okay. and uh, continued success in your business. And uh, thanks again. All right. Thank you. Okay.
one time okay. and then we'll come back here and okay. get the next Sounds good. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go over to the track and take some video. Yeah. <laughs> and there goes a bride. So tell me about what ju I just witnessed here. So um, Susan Haynes, Hayes, uh, she is mother of the bride. Okay. She rode with me in the starting gate. I'm the official starter out here. And she just loved it and wondered if there would be something unique that she could do for her daughter's bridal shower this year. Well, this is definitely unique. Yes. So they have a Kentucky Derby themed bridal shower going on here today okay and so we wanted to give some unique experiences so we have some rides for some of the bridal party um, hopefully we'll they'll want to come and get in the starting gate with me see how that works and yeah. just really have a enjoyable day at the races it, they're doing some uh, games up in the grandstand and they are giving away a uh, flower garland to the winner of the 10th race nice so lots of fun stuff going on today you know what a neat uh, neat idea for a wedding uh, bridal party yes awesome well thanks for informing me yes yes so if you'd like to come right in the starting gate take some photos and do some videoing love to have you i'm there we okay. got a date okay all right we'll be leaving um if you want to do the first race that's a good time to get in we'll be leaving here about 12 15. I'm looking forward to okay. it. Okay, all right. Nice to meet you, John. So what did you think? Of That's amazing. Okay. I love it. All right. So Michaela's mother needs to have a ride. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 My butt's sweaty on that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Good? Yes. Well, all right. Climb around. Well, yeah. Yes. We're on. And there goes the next bridal party participant for her ride around the track. Michaela, welcome to Southeast Iowa today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You're quite welcome and congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Thank you so much. And what's your uh, uh, fiance's name? Ryan. Ryan Xline. All right. Well, hello to Ryan as well. <laughs> you young lady have had a neat day and a neat idea for your uh, bridal yes, party yes we have we're having a kentucky derby style horse race here at the harness races so it should be fun how did you ever come up with this idea <laughs> it's actually my mom's idea she first found the harness races a couple i would say a couple months ago and first started coming and she's like oh my gosh you guys would love this place you have to come see it um so she brought us out here today how was the ride? It was so fun, so fun. <laughs> did uh, did Royal get you going fast out there? Not as fast as they normally race. He okay. said just for just for safety purposes, obviously. Uh -huh. But we were going pretty fast, yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations on your Thank upcoming you. wedding, and thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Of course. Thank you so much for having us again. <laughs> Keith, thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today. Thanks for being on our podcast today. Now, I understand you have been involved with harness racing and horses for a very long time. Oh, I've been involved with horses all of my life. My father and mother were farmers. They had seven sons. And I'm the sixth one. Okay. Now, did your, uh, your brothers 
getting as, as involved in horses as you? <laughs> well, the harness horses, my brother Roy's was the one that really got us into it. He, when he was 11 years old, he won the pony race of Buffalo, Iowa, and that gave him the bug. Oh. And uh, going, coming back to harness horses, he got a, an old horse off the racetrack to haul his two daughters to school at Fredonia, Iowa. Oh, they are. Roseanne and Charlotte. And he uh, going the two and a half miles back and forth, he legged the old boy up. That was in 48. Okay. And uh, so in 49, he thought he would race him and we hauled him down to Wapo and the old horse didn't do too good. So uh, my dad said, Red, you ought to buy Colts. Well, he didn't think he had money to invest in Colts, and Dad said, I'll first the money if you would take your driver. And that's how we, how we got started. And we just kept her growing. Wow. Now, you must have a real love for the animals. Oh, yes. Well, uh, you've got to love them, or you... <laughs> you, you don't get along with them. <laughs> I bet not. Now, I want to share with my audience, um, you are 102 plus years old. Yeah. And we are here on September 2nd, 2023 right. in uh, Watcher, Iowa. And you're out here still involved in harness racing. Yes. What uh, now? I understand you also help. Still, you still take care of the horses. Yeah, what? I clean two stalls every morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now and I water and help feed night. As long as I'm on the level, I can motivate pretty good. That's a, that is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you. They're what gets me up in the morning. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, I want to, anybody that uh, is watching this that's like 80 years old, you know, some of those young whippersnappers, I want the, them to see you to show uh, a fine example of uh, people that keep on going. <laughs> you got to keep on going or you're stopped. <laughs> for good. That, that is amazing. You know, um, what would be your favorite part of racing? Oh, but, oh, I love it all. But social hour afterwards is the best. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so would you uh, would you uh, say staying active, working with the horses, and a good healthy social hour might be the secret to longevity? <laughs> Help. <laughs> it helps. Well, uh, if someone was wanting to get into harness racing today, what would be your best advice to give them? <laughs> to stay out of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want to invest in harness races, don't figure about getting a bunch, but get the best. Because breeding tells. Okay. So if you want to you want to be a winner, you start with the best. Yes, and it's it's work, and it costs money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. But we, we started with $300 horses, and used Gerald Wooden Sulky, 
We wired it together. We reached for six pack of cooler, <laughs> anything just raised. But as we advanced, the breeding come out. And they were five of us directors that got the spare mutual bill, bought the spare mutual bill. The horseman, this horse association had a lobbyist that he, everything he got a hold of, he got passed about. And that's how we got this started. Well, this is amazing. And we had what we wanted. We had a pair of mutual at the tracks and run them in the 80s. And we had what we wanted at the Moines, but the thoroughbreds wouldn't race on a half mile track, so they built Prairie Meadows. Ah. And that's what got that started. Okay. Yeah. Now, do I understand correctly that this track now is uh, has some benefits from Perry Meadows? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is wonderful. I really thank you for your time. I tell you what. Tell me. Do you think two people over 90 years old have kind of lost their marbles of buying a broodmare? <laughs> My wife picked a mare out of a sale catalog in Delaware, Ohio, and it, that this mare should be bought. She had the itch for this horse. And I was walking in from the barn one evening and it struck me if we could get this mare in our budget get, we only what to get her i went in and i said gavin can you uh, my son jeff and his cousin was at delaware ohio okay and <laughs> if we get a hold of jeff about this mare and she about tore the telephone off the wall <sighs> And he said, yep, she's about ready to go in the ring. And so the mother of these colts that I owed came to Iowa. I'll be darned. And we was over 90 years old. You, <laughs> you're an inspiration, sir. <laughs> you're an inspiration. Well, that, that just is, that's wonderful. I mean, why not at 90? Why not? Yeah. Sure. If I didn't have these horses... Heck, I would want to get out of the bed in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know that's what people need. They got to have yeah. a reason. And there's something to love. You fall in love with these. Sometimes they they shouldn't be be that way, but yeah, it's, they'll keep you going. That's awesome. Yeah, that is really neat. Yeah, my great grandson. One last. Sunday with my mare that's going to race tomorrow. A great grandson, 18 years old, Colt Bowser. Well, and you're going to get yeah. to. And we went over $1,000 in two minutes. <laughs> I'd say he has a future. <laughs> Don't that make you feel good? Yeah. You bet it does. Yeah. I mean, I could just imagine if it was my thousand dollars, I'd even feel better. Oh. <laughs> yeah, how about thirty? Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's incredible. What they raised for these. If these horses show that they can go back east, they have a sale for a bunch of money. Wow, and I, I imagine you still have contacts with folks back east. Then. Oh, when I was a hundred, 
I got letters from Minnesota to Texas, from New York to California. Wow. Birthday cards. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been around. Yes, sir. We raced in Kansas, Missouri, Illinois. I think they raced, we raced in every place they raced horses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, if people half your age could look as good, half as good as you do, they'd be some, <laughs> some good looking people out there. <laughs> I don't know about the look, but I sure feel pretty good. Well, you, I can just tell you're, you're a person of joy. I can, I can yeah, tell. I love people. That, and that's what yeah. it's about, isn't it? Yeah, they're friends. Yeah. Yep. Well, Keith, I've enjoyed speaking with you today. I hope sometime I can... Be, speak to you at social hour. <laughs> Wait till after the races. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being on today. Okay. Okay, Southeast Iowa with John Bain viewers. I am in the Pace truck. It's a Dodge Hemi. I'm glad it's got a Hemi. And uh, I'm in there with Lisa. And Lisa. She's our starter, and Lyle is our driver of this truck, but Lisa also has control of the throttle with this lever right here. And I'm going to be quiet and let Lisa talk, and we're going to observe. Well, what we're doing right now is we are letting the horses get lined up for the post parade, and each horse has a head number on. That head number um, decides, shows you what post position the horse is going to start from, from behind the starting gate. That's a position that is drawn for, so it's luck of the draw. We have uh, six horses entered in this race, and one horse is scratched due to illness. So we start five horses behind the gate, and the rules are you can move over on the starting gate, but you cannot move up from the second tier to the front tier. So we will have four horses on the starting gate with one horse trailing. That trailing horse can start behind any horse that it chooses. So it's really important to know the horses, the drivers, uh, to work your strategy. Well, this is going to be exciting. I mean, I don't think we can have a better seat for a race than right here. So right now, you can see they're going to be announced um, as they go in front of the grandstand. They're going to be announced to the crowd. The announcer kind of talks about the horse's performance, past performance lines, and that's kind of where we start at. Okay. We get the crowd fired up. Um, as soon as I see that there isn't any equipment on the track, I will open the wings and that tells the horsemen that we are ready to start the race. <laughs> this is awesome. I'll tell you, folks, if you ever get a chance to be sitting where I'm sitting, you better take it. Take that. Okay. Yep, we love to get new people to come out to the races. It's a great family activity. And that's the thing I've noticed as I've talked to you and other folks today. It definitely is a family activity within the uh, organization. There are so many families that are involved in this. So my role here, I want to make sure that the horses are coming to the correct post positions, that there is no interference, and if there is, we would have a restart. Okay, Lyle. Okay.
So Lyle let the, his foot off the brake and we have control of the speed of the car now. Okay. And the horses are getting closer. coming out of that turn, yeah. maybe back up just a little bit. Pretty cool. Yeah. And when you were, when uh, Lyle was saying the numbers, the 10, the 15, yep. that was the speed. Yes, that was the speed of the car. Uh -huh. And um, like we had talked about earlier, um, the throttle had just been worked on and definitely a little different feel and different even from the uh, when we kind of practiced when you were with us um, it really depends on the condition of the track if it's just been watered if it's just been drugged how much resistance those wheels have well I know when we went around that curve the g-forces uh, yeah. were a lot more than I expected right right yeah. so I can uh, just imagine what it would be on a cart mm -hmm. 
being pulled by a horse like that. So you notice behind the gate there was one horse that um, made a mistake, made went off stride and dove to the outside. And my focus was on if he was going to interfere with that horse that was beside him. Gotcha. So as long as there's no interference, that horse making a mistake is his problem. Right. As long as it doesn't interfere with anybody else. Gotcha. So and it worked out that way. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But that's kind of a. Uh, stressful time starting wise oh is, yeah um you know when are they clear to say go and you know you want everybody to be safe out there you don't want to have any accidents um if an accident would occur you know before you start you want to make sure that you know the race is held up so um there's yeah there's a little more to it than just <laughs> than just running the throttle there's but, a lot to it uh, but like I say, Lyle, he has almost the hardest job on the track. Oh, yeah. Well, I know it wasn't me. I didn't have the hardest job. <laughs> hey, doing a good job photoing and yeah. getting um, uh, some coverage out here. We love having you and um, love to be able to show people kind of what our sport is about and encourage people to come out and join us. And something that I just want to throw out there. You'll see people out here training, driving, literally from age 16 to in their 80s. Um, and it's something that you can do your whole life. You don't have to be a 110-pound jockey to do it. Um, people do it and work full-time jobs. Um, that's the beauty, I think, about this sport is people can do it themselves. They don't have to hire somebody to do it. If you are somebody that loves horses, this is the place to be. It sure is. So that little trumpet music they play, what is it called? Do you know? You know, I don't know the name of that melody. But, but it's like, did we work it yeah, It is definitely the bugle that you hear in front of um, most all horse races in the country. For the second. Mr. Royal P-Bag, last of the breakers, working on 18, DMP Bridge, and see our uh, wedding party and all of their hats yes. there in the front. That's fun. That is fun. You definitely get a uh, different perspective from here. We say we've got two different kinds of drags working on the track and a water truck. Yes. Um, It takes, it takes a lot of people to put on the races. It sure does. It doesn't happen in five minutes, does it? No. They were down here last night. Um, I think they said they put six loads of water on the track last night, which probably took, you know, a few hours to get that done. Yeah. Uh, making sure that we have a good, solid race surface today. Okay, they're coming around the... Would that be turn three? Um, turn one and turn three. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. And there's five horses in this race, so they'll all be lined up along the gate here. Yeah. So we've got one horse coming to the gate a lot faster than the others. So we're going to go slow here, Lyle. Go ahead and let him go. All right. But I am 
not going to go away from the rest of those horses. We're going to have a very um, and make them slow, slow down a little. Right, bit. right. You know, the goal here is to have a fair start, and you know that is um, you know our role here. That probably wasn't appreciated. We're good, Lyle. From first to last. Okay, the gates are out. Horse field coming to the gate, so we'll have five on the gate and one trailer. Okay. And that trailer can start behind any horse that it chooses and it can move around if it sees one horse make a mistake, it can slide over and follow another one out of there. All right. Somebody maybe is, oh, maybe they're just trying to get in the line here. Looks like they're lining up. I don't know if that's a harness racing term or not, but I sounded like I knew what I was okay, talking about. Sounds good. It sounds good. <laughs> I think as long as you get the point across. Yeah.
since this is a one camera show once I this will be my last uh, trip around the track today in the pace truck but I will get some shots of you folks driving around so that'll look really cool as well so we're trying to get you all kinds of different angles today folks as we uh, go into the world of harness racing right here in Watchier, Iowa at the Keokuk County Fairgrounds. They all seem to be playing nicely together right now. Okay, Lyle. Turn. Make the way down from the start of race number 
four. Alan going back. Here old Chop Kelly, picking up space. And here we go, Wombat, running. And she's a blind photo getting out on top. You have a four over. Four second, third, four the fifth. Out on the front end, and she's a blind photo. She's a blind photo out on top. Racing second, as always, Voodoo Magic. And now starting to shuffle, dropping in. Dropping in that three position is American Cross. Racing fourth is Will Rowan with Baton Last. Racing fifth is Mary Sophia. In sixth, Orky Snorky going spy. And trailing the field is Swanick and going spot. As they go to the quarter, it's she's a flash photo. 32 and 4 moves, 32 and 4. Out on top. Mary Sophia on stride. Out on top, showing the way it is. Ken Smith in a command with She's a Flash Foot of the South with Flash Billy. Racing second is always Voodoo Magic. Racing in that third position is, is American Cross. American Cross right there in that third position. Racing fourth as they come to the half is Baton last in fourth. 104 and 3 fifths, 104 and 3. Out on top, showing the way. It is. She's a flash photo. She's a flash photo out on top. Race of second. No, no. It's always Voodoo Magic. Race of third. American Cross fourth. Back last in fifth. Orky Snorky goes by in sixth. Mary Sophia in seventh. Is Swanick and goes by. Down the backside as they go to the three quarters pole. At the three quarters. It is, she's a flash photo. 136, 136. She's a flash photo out on the front end. Racing second is always Voodoo Magic. In third, American Crown Sport, batting last. Races on for Ben Mary Sylvia and Orky Snarky Gold Spy. As they round the far turn, it is, she's a flash photo. As they turn for home now, the race is on for second. American Crown up to try to take over second. As they come to the wire, it is. Tony, thanks for being on Southeast Iowa today, and thanks for giving us access to the announcer's booth. You bet. Glad to have you up here. Uh, we always want to try to promote our sport, one of the oldest sports in the world. Uh, a lot of people kind of lose track of that, but horse racing is probably, uh, you know, if you, if you look it up, it is the oldest sport in the world. Wow. And I'll tell you what, from this vantage point, you got a great view of the track. It's air-conditioned. And it's a beautiful day. It doesn't get any better than this. No, and, uh, you know, we've actually had some really hot weather, but uh, very nice. We have a nice setting here overlooking the track, so you're on the outside. And I always prefer to be on the outside looking in. It's easier to announce instead of working from the infield. And a lot of the older places, they always actually announce from the infield. Uh -huh. uh, so then you're always turning yourself in at 360. Yeah, you get dizzy. You try to stay with the actual action. All right. Well, with your voice, it's obvious why you're, why you're the announcer here for, for one thing but what else gets you involved with harness racing um, actually been involved with harness racing for over 40 years my aunt uh, actually was the clerk and she's just gonna give her her clerking uh, abilities uh, 61 years doing it Wow and uh, 
you know, she just kind of, when I, when I was a little kid, we bought a horse together and back in 84 and 85, uh, we went to Missouri. She, she lived in Missouri and taught in Missouri. We won the Missouri State Fair when we were actually raced two heats a day. Wow. And uh, we actually won that and it, it kind of had been hooked ever since. And then my son actually is taking an interest and we're raising babies and actually racing and he's warming up horses and maybe uh, someday you might see him racing. I, he doesn't really... Uh, have the desire and drive right now, but uh, getting more and more with the uh, responsibilities of warming up and helping out in the barn area. I bet it, it kind of hooks you the more you do it, I would think. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a drug. Uh, yeah. you, know, the, but you, you hope every one of them that you raise is going to be a champion. Um, you know, Some make it, some don't, but uh, you always hope you always have that diamond in the rough. And uh, you know, We've got one out here right now that just raced just a couple races ago was raised, uh, born, bought it a sale, raised it. Uh, Connie Rowland and uh, Dwayne, we talked with Dwayne earlier. Uh, that's a diamond in the rough. Ten, ten times out, nine wins in one second. Very nice uh, filly right there. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. One of the things you mentioned about your aunt, I mean, a lot of things, uh, everybody I've talked to today, I mean, this is a family event. Yeah, that's what uh, a lot of harness racing, uh, we don't see a lot of new people getting in, but it's always second, third, fourth, fifth generations. And, you know, Keith Carey, one of our oldest members, he's 102 years old, and uh, that family tradition just keeps uh, carrying on. I had the pleasure of visiting with Keith earlier, and I told him I want to socialize with him sometime. You bet, yeah. And, uh, you know, just a good, good family atmosphere, something to come out, relax, enjoy horse racing, and uh, watch these four-legged athletes perform. And they do that, that's for sure. Yeah. There's one thing I should have asked you that I didn't. What is it? If there's one thing I should have asked that I didn't, What's what, that? what should I have asked you? You tell me. Um, you know, just to try to get new people into the sport. We'd love to have people. And, you know, with you coming out and promoting our sport, that's what we're always looking for. We had a legislative day here where we actually had some local representatives come out, got the opportunity to race on two-seater golf carts. We've had the lieutenant governor. And we just want to try to get as many people uh, involved in the sport of harness racing because um, the numbers have dwindled with people passing on, but it's got to be that second, third, fourth, and fifth generations to carry it on. And maybe even somebody, some new blood too, that if they're interested, they can reach out to some of the folks on here and, and maybe get involved. Yeah, and that's that's what we're always looking for and uh, come out, spend a day, uh, get the opportunity to jog a horse, uh, go out to some of the farms, people invite you out, and uh, we do have some two-seater jog carts to be able to take people around the actual uh, the, the fairgrounds and you get I saw the bridal party was taking rides earlier yeah, today. Yeah, bridal party. That's you know something different. You know, yeah. we haven't ever had a bridal party, and it's very neat to have them here. And they're hooping and hollering, having a good time, and uh, getting the up close experience of harness racing. That's right. Well, Tony, thanks for letting us uh, be a part of this today. You bet. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did, putting it together and meeting those fine people all in Iowa Harness Racing. I've got a link to their website in the description of this episode so you can learn more. This episode of Southeast Iowa Today with John Bain has been brought to you by Car Doctor, Griner Auto Body, Wayland State Bank, McDonald Boneyard, Hinshaw Trailer Sales, Girling Repair, B&B Propane, and the family of Jet Stops. I'm your host, John Bain. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa.